What's going on? This is Chris Van Vliet, and you're watching Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. And welcome everyone to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast, the number one podcast in the state of Hawaii, the Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova, and I'm coming at you with another amazing interview. And in today's interview, I have the true honor and privilege of interviewing the one, the only, the legendary Isaiah Washington. Now, Mr. Washington's had a legendary career in acting from being Dr. Preston Burke in Grey's Anatomy. He's also in The 100, he was in Hollywood Homicide, and so much more. And in this episode, we touched on many topics from acting, ADOS, economics, overcoming adversity, and more. So, if you're ready to do it, I'm ready to do it. Let's bring the legendary Isaiah Washington onto the show. All right, and welcome everyone to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova, and I have the true honor and privilege of having the one, the only, the legendary Isaiah Washington on this show. Isaiah, go ahead and introduce yourself, man. <laughs> I think you just did. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't follow up an introduction like that. <laughs> 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 oh man. Yeah, you did it better than I could have. <laughs> uh, with you, man. Uh, we, you know, uh, I think I got your attention because of all the the chatter recent in the last three or four weeks uh, on Fox News and uh, my stance against uh, liberal media. I mean, that's really how all this started. Uh, I just felt uh, 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 unfairly attacked. Yeah. Again, basically. Uh, tweeting about my personal experience with the former president. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, <clears throat> when he was Senator Barack Obama, in fact, I have, I posted a Twitter letter that I received from Senator Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was on that big TV show, all these guys were after me, all of one of my, my support, you know, at that time. So I know how the politics work. And, and now that I have Twitter and understand social media, I also know how to fight back when necessary and when. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the things about politics, everybody's lying, but I'm not. No. You know, I have no um, interest in that. I have no interest in misrepresenting myself. I have no interest in speaking on things that I'm not informed about. Mm -hmm. At least I try very hard not to. Um, I don't know everything and I don't want to know everything. But what I do know is what I know. And my truth is my truth. You can't change that. Yeah. Um, and it can't be altered, although people tried to do it and attempted to do it over many years of the internet through yellow journalism. Um, uh, I'm glad you said that. A lot of people don't know about yellow journalism. <laughs> well, that's not the point. The yellow, journal, yellow journalism is still very real. It's still much for tactic for any people that consider themselves an activist or a free thinker or a person that is going to go against the grain, mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, we have a lot of uh, surveillance, uh, capitalism, and play where a lot of people it's, it's beneficial that we do not think as individuals and not to be uh, construed misconstrued with indiv individuation mm -hmm. uh, but there is a, the, the things under 
democratic socialism state that you can't be an individual. Yeah. And that is not the core principles of what so many people died for, so many people brought us over here slave for. That's not the that's not the way to go. This is a capitalist nation. It's going to remain a capitalist nation. Free market is going to always be the thing. And as you said earlier offline, you know your mom had the support in the world, all the, the baby to get you, liberate you from your your your, your native uh, uh, city where you grew up. Yeah. And now you're in a different place. Yeah. Um, um, feeling very comfortable, thriving, family and. You know, free from you know uh, exorbitant amount of, of, of violence, yeah. what have you. So that is, you know, the pursuit of you know life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. <laughs> is okay, so you know, although many men and women of color, for of African descent, have gotten to this nation uh, in a different way, mm-hmm. we're here now. Yeah, and as far as I'm concerned, the Constitution belongs to me. I'm a veteran. <laughs> Okay, I did four years in the military, prepared to die and risk my life for it and for my beliefs and my core beliefs. Um, so as I've gotten older, I just realized that I have less and less tolerance for foolishness. Uh, and if I see something that's just inaccurate, it's just not the truth, then it's like, you know, it's like the, every criminal situation, if you're in, it's like, if you see something, say something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much where I'm at. You know, with uh, joining forces with uh, Brandon Strzok and the hashtag walk away, mm-hmm. is that I see something, I'm saying something. And I've been seeing something for 50 years. Uh, well, not 50 years, but 41 years of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very little has changed. Although there has been many advances for individuals mm-hmm. that happen to be like African American, how they want to identify. Uh, it's not enough. It's not enough to point at all our greats. It's not enough to point at basketball players and entertainers. It's not enough to point at even me. Uh, we need more leadership and in, in, in advocacy. We need more teachers. We need more doctors. We need uh, real people that can advocate for real teachers getting a minimum of $200,000 a year. Yeah. At least. They've earned that at this point. I would, if I were in political power, I would even raise the value of a police officer to make at least $150,000 yeah. a year. It's $40,000. is just not enough. It makes no sense. It just, in my mind, to have someone representing law, the color of law, and being frustrated because they're barely making ends meet. Yeah. Or they're being law enforcement by, by uh, default. Yeah. You've already set up a cancerous situation. It can only get worse. Uh, where they're treated, with a lack of respect, putting their life at risk, and then watching the, their partners being uh, mowed down by some street thug that's probably making $100,000 a week. Yeah. And, and they're dealing with that. So you're putting them in a situation where it's, it's like no turning back. Yeah. Uh, how does someone really perform uh, in the best moral and the best professional capacity dealing with those kinds of uh, stimuli, dealing with those kinds of scenarios? Yes, somebody's going to start shaking somebody down. <laughs> yes, someone's going to start raiding some, some drug dealer. <laughs> dare him to say something about it because he's going to put him in federal penitentiary. Of course, they become, you know, uh, uh, like uh, bed partners because if they don't pay, then their business and their lives and their freedom is at risk. Now, this is something that's been going on for centuries. Yeah. This is great movies about it from the French connection to Serpico to uh, Miami Vice. Okay. There's a whole <laughs> 
fine line between criminality and law enforcement. We've all seen the TV shows, we've all seen the movies about it. But what we're not doing is doing something about it in real time. But those are a bunch of actors making this crap load more than actual law enforcement officer. And I really think the conversation needs to be had to just giving these people a real, real big raise, uh, at least a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Just you know, make it forty thousand dollars <throat> to try to get to a 20-year pension plan after about 10 or 15 years. It's, by the time they get to that 10 or 15 years from my research, they're suffering from a form of, of, of uh, post-traumatic stress yeah. themselves. So now they got to manage all of that. And it's, 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 I, I don't understand it. Um, you want people to behave in a um, non-volatile and supposedly humane way, but you have them on the front lines dealing with them the onslaught of inhumanity, which is a result of what uh, our politicians refuse or unable to get done mm -hmm. at level, city by city, region by region, um, neighborhood by neighborhood. And what I've discovered is that, you know, a lot of people already know what they need. They have the grassroots. They know what their community needs. It's just the funding. Mm -hmm. And I'm not so sure that it's, you need to bigger government. It's that, you know, people can come up with lottos. Where's that money coming from? Yeah. The lottery. <laughs> you know, people, suddenly, every election, people end up spending, you know, half a billion dollars. Where's that money coming from? Yeah. You know, it's, at some point, you know, the, the, it's some people have to realize, even myself, the affluent, is that the trickle-down theory is necessary. Mm -hmm. uh, if if you're not getting the tax breaks, okay, if you get the tax breaks, then not employ more people. You know, this level of uh, selfishness um, has become a problem. The bias market has become a problem. Mm -hmm. that I'm in the bias position. I have the power, I have the money. Um, I don't want to hire you, Mikel. I'm going to go to Mexico. Yeah. I'm going to go to India. You know, you have that right as a business person, but you can't say that you are a real American if you're operating that way. Yeah. If you if you, you, capitalism is one thing, but you can't claim both. You can't say you are a business person and a true patriot. You are doing everything out of your power to cut the cost to make more profits and not taking care of the people in your own country. And that's something that I just think is just bad backwards. Yeah, and how, how uh, corporations deal uh, with one of the, supposedly the most incredible commodity uh, that we should all have, and that's human resources. Yeah. And I just don't see people taking that seriously enough or giving people an opportunity to be exposed, to even have the, the experience. If you don't hire them, then they're not going to get experience. So you can't just, you know, <laughs> it, it's like, you know, if you don't train or get people prepared in the public schools and they can't read, then you got a problem. Yeah. You got a problem. And we can't just fall back on, yeah, crack babies and millennials survived this. We've got a lot of millennials that have been raised by crack parents and are doing very, very well. Yeah. So, and just look at put everybody, you know, in a blanket, uh, broad brush that way. Uh, I think most of what people have when we see this economic violence, I see those old communities where people are struggling to be king drug kingpins. That's all part of what, what I call part of economic violence. Mm -hmm. That violence is there because of the economy. That violence is in that neighborhood because there's money. There's something being sold, there's a supply, and there's a demand. Yeah. If you the same people that can put together some weight and boil some crack or figure out how to surreptitiously use their skills to sell 
crystal meth or marijuana or pills of, of, of ecstasy, mm-hmm. you can put them in the right position and give them the proper opportunity and they can excel just as well on Wall Street. Yeah. The same skills, the same tenacity. It's just the opportunity is not there. Why is the opportunity is not there? Well, we know why. Yeah. That falls under the definition of racism. Many people like that look like us, we're not a part of that race. Haven't been. Racism is based on competition, economic competition, and control. It's not has nothing to do with bigotry or prejudice. I, I, it just makes me want to throw up in my mouth. All these people talk about, oh, you're racist. You're black. You're reverse racism. Oh, you're... <laughs> Stop it. Stop it, 45. You can't call a black journalist if you ask your hard question a racist. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I'm not buying it. I, uh, you know, there's no way a person, a black person in America, could be racist if they're bigoted and if they're prejudiced. Then that is response to racism of 400 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you trained us to hate your ass. <laughs> you had opportunities that you come in and burn, burn down Black Wall Street. You know, and they didn't want to acknowledge it. They don't even want to act like it never happened. You know, so all these atrocities have happened on American soil. And the fact that you want acknowledge through ADOS, through the American descent of, of enslaved people, then you're going to get what you're going to get. You know, it, it, it's the wound is never going to heal. It's just one little Band-Aid over it. Not even a good stitch, actually. Yeah. The wound is very, very raw. And it gets raw every time someone's turns 30. Every day someone turns 30 and they realize the American dream is a freaking American nightmare. I have two degrees and a PhD and I'm working at McDonald's. You're building a terrorist. You're building a domestic terrorist. You're building someone that has the information. You're building a Boko Haram. Most of the Boko Haram are former PhDs that couldn't get opportunities. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys are saying taking the oil out of our country and not cleaning up the, the Niger Delta. We've got people who are dying and we're sick of it. Now, they're going to hear me say that, oh, Isaiah is a Boko Haram sympathizer. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not a Boko Haram sympathizer. <laughs> I can understand what makes a person become a terrorist. I can understand that if you bomb someone, looking for someone who's following radical Islam, and you bomb innocent people, and that survivor of the innocent people is the mother and the father, who do you think they're going to be angry with? Yeah. Whether they have anything to do with it or not. You just took their mother and father, their way of life. They're on the street. Now they're starving. Who is going to pick them up? ISIS. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. And every Crips and Bloods and Vice Lords, those who are disenfranchised and cast aside will find a way to get some kind of appreciation, pat on the back on what they think is love through a firearm. And they'll do whatever they have to do to feel authenticated by that group think that is going to provide food, shelter, or a sense of, of self-worth. Yeah. And when you're dealing with the levels and levels and years and years of economic violence, okay, then we can't have it both ways. We can't look at the violence and not look at the economy. Yeah. That's why I'm calling it economic violence. It's not just gun violence. The gun violence came out of some economic decision somewhere. Someone mer- purchased those firearms. Someone made them. Mm-hmm. And sold them to their community. So there's an economic uh, conversation based on all violence. Yeah. Someone bought something somewhere and used it. 
to hurt someone else, be it a drone, be it a bomb, be it an F-35, be it an F-16. There's a budget and people working in factories building these aircraft and these ships. We are not talking about that. No. We always go through the lowest economic denominator and know that all of our pain comes out of economic violence. And when we're struggling for individualism, struggling for resources, then it's going to be violent. Yeah. That's where the violence comes. In fact, that person is not able to eat. Or some people can have a $20 million house and still complain about, I'm trying to put my kids through college. Well, if, who told you to live in a $20 million house? You have more money. <laughs> like a damn near, what, what $35,000 a month for, or $50,000 a month for a mortgage. Yeah. You know, afford it, great, but you can't complain. It, 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 it's out of context. <laughs> you know, it, it makes no sense. It, it, so, it, it makes me think of, uh, there was a, a post one of my friends put up on Facebook the other day. They were saying, they say, it's funny, I see people that make $12 an hour going on vacation all the time, but then I see people making 25 and $30 an hour, and they're struggling. And I'm like, yeah, because the people making more try to live outside of their means. Always. <laughs> it always happens. It's inevitable. Um, and that's something that I've learned and everything that I've gone through in the last 12 years. So one thing I've learned is I learned how to be broke again. Yeah. And now... What I mean by that is I learned to live within my means mm-hmm. and to really do that. And, and uh, when I can luxury spending, uh, even though I can afford it, I'm the last person that would do it in my family. My wife would have to make me go buy <laughs> some new pants, a new shirt or a new suit. I won't do it. Uh, I'll make sure they have everything they need. I'll make sure that, you know, I'm been cooking every week and we have plenty of food. They enjoy when I cook. You know, I, I enjoy making my family feel happy and safe and clean and full and, and enjoy the things that I know when it wasn't that way. It mm-hmm. could have been worse had I not uh, invested in my own personal portfolio. That's why I tweet about Charles Schwab. Charles Schwab saved my life. When everything else went you know, sideways, I still had capital in my portfolio. I had other assets that I could sell off, uh, buy well. You buy well or you can sell well. Yeah. Invest well or whatever it is. If you invest money on, on things that are going to appreciate, like art, mm-hmm. if you sell it, great. Cars don't appreciate. <laughs> okay, the Bentley is not going to appreciate. You know, cars. You know, what you drive in your hoopty is not going to appreciate. Yeah, you know, so I was texting. Out, I tweeted about people just whatever you're using in your household. Uh, if you can't afford the Google right now, which is fourteen hundred dollars per share, save up for it and get one share. Make that make that the goal. Some people are spending thousand dollars on Nike sneakers. Yeah. Post about old, old and two hundred and fifty. Okay, that's your prerogative. That's your right. That's an investment. But I'm not so sure that the Air Force Ones are a major asset mm-hmm. unless you're going to go back to Nike, and they're probably not going to ask you for them because they're making them for what maybe five dollars a shoe. Yeah, if that. Yeah. <laughs> If that, you know, in terms of, of how they, they got their uh, their uh, production and manufacturing happening overseas, yeah. okay, that people still don't want to keep talking about. Uh, yeah, I mean, how many, let's just figure out, think about it, how many American jobs really are, you know, I like to figure, figure that out. In terms of Apple and all these major companies, how, how many American jobs are being created for Americans compared to uh, the jobs that are being created overseas? Again, it's their right. Yeah. But I don't think major major organizations can continue to get federal subsidies 
when we're not employing our own people. Yeah. Something's wrong with that. Yeah. You know, that's that's something that, <clears throat> you know, I used to actually work for Microsoft, and um, I was part of their uh, Microsoft Game Studios division back in, I want to say, 2012 up until about 2015. And I saw how, like, when it came to hiring new developers and coders and, and QA testers, we never went for people in America. It never went for people locally. It always went internationally. And I'm... I always had an issue with that because I kept telling like they're they're very talented coders and 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 QA testers here. You know when I was living in Redmond, Washington, nope, they always just went internationally, and it's just it was something that always bugged me. And I, I saw it when I went and I worked for Apple because I left Microsoft and went to Apple. You know I saw it there, and it's just it's a trend with these these big tech companies. I, I I've heard. Hmm? Yeah, he jumped out of a frying pan to the fire. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, Facebook, Apple, Microsoft, Google, they're the top five, top four. Yeah. You know, that's controlling all of tech. Yeah. That way, and they do the business where they do it. They have their bottom line. That bottom line is just going to bottom out. There's a lot of people that, are, you know, in America are suffering because of how they're operating with their bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't know how long that's going to be to continue. And then, you know, even when people have very little and very little hope, they still create enough uh, capital. Uh, they got this thing called surveillance uh, capitalism. So now they're changing your behavior to make you send you certain ads. So I get more phone calls from American Express. I block that call. Yeah. Another call says, oh, they're calling for an emergency, something else. I pick up, call them back. Hello, this is from America. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I should have sold me out. I guess I didn't read the <laughs> privacy policy. <laughs> the privacy policy has changed. You know, so, yeah, but you know, I don't fight it. I just block, block, and then find a new number to call my number. I block it, block it. Like, I spent all week blocking numbers from people calling me from all over the country, supposedly, trying to sell me something. It's like, I haven't seen it this bad since the 90s. Yeah. So we're right back in the 90s again, which is interesting because if this basically is 1999, then 2020 should be pretty cool. Yeah. Because I remember year 2000 didn't crash, you know, uh, we didn't have the end of the world. I remember people were freaking out back in 99. Right? <laughs> people made so much money off of fear. Yeah. You know, I even at the last minute, I succumbed to it. When ball is rice and bags of rice and beans and this camouflage I throw over my car in case we end up in the forest somewhere. <laughs> in, like, I bought all these guns. Man, Y2K, I took all that shit back to the gun store. <laughs> you know, this, is, this is bullshit. I have been had. What a marketing strategy to get me to spend my money. Yeah. You know? And people, people, people have to understand. They have to have some intestinal fortitude and under, and be disciplined to know that every four years, those those cop, those ads gonna hit the TV. They're gonna lead you to think that Biden is the the coolest thing on the planet, and he's not. He's yeah. not. No different than you know Hillary Clinton. And it's like no, no tangibles. What about reparations? Talk to me about what you're gonna do for the black agenda. Period. I don't want to hear anything else. Nothing against the immigrants. Nothing against the gay community. I'm glad they all get, got what they needed to get, as they should have uh, during the uh, Obama administration. Mm -hmm. Okay, because they lobbied for it, they fought for it. But that dog, you know, we've, uh, you know, ADOS, 
American descendants of slave or enslaved people, we've been here waiting for a long time. This is something not new. This is something that you know, Martin Luther King talked about. Federal subsidies were given to uh, uh, Caucasian people back in the 50s and 60s when they didn't even know how to farm. Why? Because the one thing white people know how to do that black people don't seem to understand, they have a long-term understanding of what legacy is, mm-hmm. what heritage is about, and they're prepared to do whatever it takes to make sure they survive. I don't know what's with us. Maybe we have too much melanin. We're laying in the sun too much, or we're too lackadaisical and laid back. <laughs> or forced to become really ruthless by our nature, because it's just not in our nature. But I think at this point, you know, I can't fault our con- our counterparts because they're doing everything right. They're doing everything they need to do to ensure their survival. And I just wish more people uh, that had more melanin would start to think and feel the same way. Yeah. It's one of the things, like I, I've said, because we, we have a really big problem out here in Hawaii where you have, and I don't think it, it really gets out. A lot of people here in Hawaii, like they, they hate white people. They feel like they came and stole their lands. I mean, for all intents and purposes, yeah, they did. But at the same time, you know, like you have people in Hawaii, like a lot of the Hawaiians that refuse to go into like different education fields, different government fields. And the most that they will do is just get a job at like a CVS store or something like that, or, you know, like a a McDonald's and they don't strive for more. And then the education is bad where you have people that drop out of school, middle school, you know, ninth grade, eighth grade. And then they feel like there's no hope. And then I look at the people that are in government that are always running, that have been stuck in positions. And a lot of them are either Japanese or Chinese. And I, you know, I, I had a conversation with my wife. Right there in Hawaii? Yeah. Yeah. The people that run the government in Hawaii are typically Japanese and, and Chinese. Whoa. But you have people that think that it's, you know, the white people are running, or they call them howlies out here. They say, oh, they run everything out here. It's like, no, they're not the ones that's running. The The people who are running it aren't publicly talking about themselves. And that's the ones you have to be, you know, conscious of. Who's quiet? Because the, there's the people that are the loudest, and then there's the people that are the quietest. And typically, the quiet ones are running shit. <laughs> and so out here, you know... There's a serious class divide. Like we we've got, you know, you go like the island. I'm on I'm on Oahu. So if you're on the east side of the island, you got the upper class affluent area, which is primarily you know older Japanese, older Chinese, and whatnot, and then some local people. And then you go more towards the middle. Then you got the melting pot of just about everyone. You go up north is primarily again Asian. You go to the left the further left side and you get to the more rural poor areas, that's where you have a lot of the locals and a lot of Hawaiians, a lot of the Samoans and whatnot. And you look at more and more Samoan. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually part, I'm actually part from my mother's side. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, it, it's something that I see and people are just so quick to say they hate white people out here. And I'm like, you can, if that's what you want to do, fine. But learn the system that's put in place that people who are running the show are using, and use it to your advantage. Yeah. And you know, I, I, 
I see it all the time. People say, oh, I, you know, we need change out here in Hawaii. I'm like, okay, so get in office, be about change, do something to better your environment. And then they don't do it. And I'm like, so. You can't have it both ways. Yeah, you can't. You know, to sit on the sideline and complain and do nothing is issue nowhere. Yeah. We have to figure out a way to participate. And that's why I'm supporting walk away. I'm supporting the conservatives because they get, they get things done. Yeah. <laughs> they know how to stay on message and they get things done. Yeah. You know, and that's that's not being a Republican. That's just being a conservative. Yeah. And I realize I've always been more like what they call a label centrist libertarian. Yeah. You know, I, or I've always been in the center. I've always been a centrist. I've never been full on. You know, I've been thinking I was a blue dog Democrat. You mm-hmm. know, all these different labels. Just that there's a lot of things that supposedly the Republicans, conservatives are known for that I believe in support. You know, I do believe, you know, although religion doesn't work for me, but I do believe in morals yeah. and, and principles and, 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 and belief in something larger than myself. Well, I do believe in meritocracy. If you work hard, then you deserve to get to the next step, the next level. You need to earn it to burn it. You know yeah. what I mean? You earn it, you don't get to burn it. You know what I mean? So that's how I look at it. Uh, and that's fair. Um, uh, nepotism is real. Uh, I don't completely knock it as long as you understand that uh, those people that you're helping are helping others. You know what I mean? Everyone's busy taking care of themselves. Uh, but I just need to see more um, uh, corporate social responsibility. The CSR is lacking yeah. these days. And the whole reason CSR was created in the, pri- in, in the private sector was because of these kinds of conversations we're having. You should be have done more than just three years, mm-hmm. you know, at Apple or uh, Microsoft. Yeah. There's a reason you left almost pushed out. Yeah, there's a reason, um, and those are those are the things that I think we need to look at. That has nothing to do with politics. That's just capitalism and business. Period. But still, if you get in a situation where you did have more humane people, then you're gonna you can have more humane choices being made across the board. Yeah. Uh, I still believe that you can make money and still be humane. Yeah, I've done it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I don't get up in the morning wanting to beat people, bomb people, hurt people. Uh, when I, I because of my economic struggles or my economic power, I don't create violence based on the economy. Yeah, I don't. That's not my. Thing. Um, but I am aware of it, and, and, and when I see things going a little crazy or too crazy, or for me recently, when I'm sitting there trying to help people and I'm going to be attacked for being at the White House helping people, oh, okay. Like I said, I've never started a fight in my life, but I sure know how to end it. <laughs> okay, okay, well, okay, well, I was over here minding my business. That's <laughs> news to, 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 to get on my tweets. I put up a whole bunch of tweets. It's just they they they, they cherry picked the one that would make them feel good to think that I was slamming Obama. I'm not, I I wasn't slamming Obama because I was at the White House. I have an organization, you know, mm. uh, and Athletes Alliance. Last ten years, I can get to the White House anytime I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. You're in D.C. We can get you a tour. So. The White House doesn't impress me other than the fact that slaves, black people, built it and then it burned down and rebuilt it. Yeah. So I have a specific pride and claim to the White House because, you know, uh, enslaved people built it. Yeah. And I'm proud of it. They built it for free. So this idea that, you know, black people in America has no, no specific justice claim, like reparations, we can't talk about it, it's total, utter bullshit. Yeah. Over. I mean, now the millennials 
well, you millennials deserve reparations more than I do. Because you have the skills and the technology to become entrepreneurs. You, the wealth gap is getting further and further away and, and, and wider and wider. And you have all this, this intellectual property walking around, all this, this talent and no capital. Yeah. All you need is the capital. You can create whatever you want to create you can, and then be able to hire other people, people that you want to hire that you know need a job. So that's what reparations is not a freaking handout. I don't want to hear that crap. It's yeah. not a handout. This is not the New Deal, which was a, a, a bad deal given to us by, uh, 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 was it uh, Roosevelt? Yeah. It's horrible. We don't need any more welfare, you know? More white people, more white males on welfare in America today than anybody else. But you can't tell people that. <laughs> you know? So, you know, and I remember all the EBT cards that in New York that went out to the Hasidic communities and the Jewish communities. It's so bad in New York that they wouldn't even force them to come into the welfare office. They would go to their homes and give them the EBT cards. Really? Oh, yes. wow. Research it. <laughs> Hasidic would be, you can't say it because I, that's not anti Semitic. It's the truth. I had a, 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 a public official who works for Bloomberg mm-hmm. sitting at the top of the finance thing that, yeah, it's like they're getting subsidized as immigrants. They have a new lovely family member that comes over, okay, in the community from, from Israel, mm-hmm. and they get welfare. Yeah. Wow. And Wow. If you are working or, or, or figuring out some kind of way to make some kind of capital, uh, self-employed or whatever it is, that's still federal subsidizing. That's state subsidy. Mm-hmm. We need help. And all we're saying is, you know, everyone's going to, whatever the money's going to be for reparations may not be able to handle it. We expect that. But at least the conversation is no longer on the table. Because once reparations have been paid out, whatever the seventeen trillion dollars goes out, you get your fifty thousand, hundred thousand out there. You can prove through your genealogy that you are a descendant of enslaved people. You get your check, and then everybody shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) About reparations, there's no more. If you got your hundred thousand dollar check and you didn't invest it well and you blew it, yeah. That conversation you can't make white people feel bad anymore. Yeah, it's over. What else you got to talk about now? I really believe it has to happen. And I think the person who's to get it done, the master of the art of the deal himself is Trump. I really believe it. I really believe it. I think he'll do it because he just gives zero Fs. <laughs> he just gives zero Fs. It's all about him. He's a businessman. And, and I know people say, I said, that's crazy. It, it'll never happen. Yeah. I was there at the East Room mm-hmm. when the beginning of mass incarcerations ending. I saw free black and white and poor Latino people on that stage. I saw it with my own eyes. I never thought I would live to see that. Three strikes. The crime bill put together by Biden in 94. And he's got the nerve to run for president. Man, I cannot wait. I, I, I cannot... I haven't been so excited to see a president that I don't agree with and not really sure that I really like, but I don't care. I'm so rebellious. I will do whatever I can to make sure that 45 wins in 2020, whatever I can, just so I can see the slack in these arrogant liberal faces. (laughs) Just 
This is because my protest vote to not vote for 45 or Hillary Clinton was being part of the Green Party because I was disappointed in the nastiness. But now that I see some things that he's done that I can stand behind, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be my friend. It's business. The ending of mass incarceration that's been going on since Nixon, that's a good thing. And you just pissed me off by attacking me because I was sitting up here being a part of a good thing. So you want a war? Well, we're going to walk away. Yeah. We're going to walk away. We're going <clears> to <throat> walk away. And I'm not telling you where to walk to, but I don't want to even, I don't want to even think about seeing a Democrat in that White House for the next 20 years. That's how much I'm pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, I'm not going to stop until the Democratic Party dissolves like the Whig Party. Go away. You're dead. It's over. You're a liar. You're cheats. You're thieves. You're has-beens. It's a wrap. It's over. No more. No mas. You haven't done a thing to change uh, uh, Black people's lives in 41 years. It's all lies. Yeah. You just told me a story offline and what your mother had to do to get you out of your circumstances in your lifetime. Too many, too much blood is on your Democratic Party's hands. Seriously. Yeah. They're blood on their hands. Okay? ISIS was supported through the Obama administration. Separated by some other finaglings. Benghazi happened. People died on Hillary Clinton's watch. Yeah. You think the military that support me and my organization moving into with all the law enforcement that I talked to, former law, special ops, deltas, marines, they talk to me. And they tell me a completely different story. Don't even bring up Hillary Clinton, these guys. They're all worth $5 million a piece in their lethal training. Some of the most lethal human beings on the planet, and they can't even find a job now? That's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. Okay, I'm aware of that, and I'm trying to do something about it. I'm trying to give these guys a mission. Okay, I'm creating Guns Mad Incorporated as a company, so I can employ people and actually get it grown enough where people become members and shareholders, so people can be employed, use the skills, and not just lay, be expected to go somewhere and disappear yeah. after they've done so much dirt for the government, <clears throat> the Democratic Party, and under George W. Bush, yeah. and under Clinton. They're like, and now you just cast them aside. Okay, we don't want you anymore, like Colin Powell. Colin Powell needs to be on my board. All that wealth of information, I'm not going to stop until I get Gunsman Incorporated fully funded and, and off the ground so I can actually look to Colin Powell to be my Oliver North, what Oliver North is to the NRA. <laughs> hey, I can see you doing it. You know, so that's like you said, people that are doing things are really quiet. The, the noisy stuff, the noisy stuff is the walk away. But the quiet stuff, the NRA TV can't wait for me to come back. Conservative <laughs> views on NRA TV. They're going to get all kinds of eyeballs. And I'm going to talk about the Second Amendment. And I'm going to talk about it as well. I just got to get it in my head and figure out because now I can, I can fart and get a headline. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, it's kind of like you know. I'm like the only girl in the room that everybody wants to date right now. Like, 
know, <laughs> okay, NRA TV is like I'm the darling, a right wing darling overnight. <laughs> He's like, I was like, hey man, you're going to Fox. Hey, we'll get used to it. It's like all of a sudden, Doctor Burke is here. We always knew we liked this guy. <laughs> it's insane, man. It's insane, man. It's insane. But but identity politics has really got us all screwed up, you know. But there are a lot of conservatives out there that are not proud of everything that Forty Five does, and obviously everything that he says. They're embarrassed by it, like we, most of us are. Uh, so, you know, there's more, a lot of uh, black Republicans that I'm getting galvanized and excited uh, here in the state of California that I'm going to stick by until one of them becomes a governor, yeah, you know, a mayor. I'm done. I'm done with the Democrats, man. I'm done. I'm done. I'm so done. Say it with me. I'm, I'm done. done. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, you know, I, I look at it, give me some evidence. Give me some evidence otherwise, then, or why it shouldn't be done. Show me. Because this is, here's the thing, like, because I see it out here in Hawaii, and I saw it in Memphis when I was living there, and it's this thing where, like, you have the Democrats; they've been in power. Nothing's been done to help anyone. Nothing's been done to change. So why not do something different? And it's. It's almost like that. What's the definition of insanity? You know, you're doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. I understand. Different. I know, yeah. Insanity. Yes. Yeah, and, and people they keep voting Democrat, and they keep getting the same thing. They keep being mad, but they're not mad at the Democratic Party for selling them, you know, a, a bag of snake oil. They're mad at Republicans or in or liberals or well, not liberals, uh, Republicans, independents, or. Libertarians, but they're not mad at the party that's been bullshitting them for so long, and I, I just I don't get it. I really don't get it. I don't. I don't confused, but you know that's why I'm engaging the way I'm engaging, Mikkel, because there are a lot of people out there. They they know my heart. Um, they know my body of work. They know I'm not insane. They know I'm not a bad person. They know I'm not violent. They mm-hmm. know I'm not a criminal. So there's they may be confused and. I think they made the first three days, they may want to call me a coon, but I think right about now, and I'm not backing off of it, they're forced to think. Yeah. And the thing that has happened with social media and headline, creating a headline society, it's all emotion. Yeah. No one's using critical thinking anymore. Yeah. And that's how I've been tweeting critical thinking by Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and Frederick Douglass. It's all there. You look at my timeline. I'm showing you where I'm headed. I'm showing you what, what these people were talking about, although Martin Luther King was democratic socialist. Mm-hmm. Okay, it had to be at that time because we had absolutely nothing. He was just trying to get people galvanized to sit together and get some kind of equity, equality. It was completely unequal. Okay, so, but that was during that time. Now, it's not about socialism for us because we have a lot of black people out here that are thoroughly capable and intellectually enough and sound enough to be able to just create be entrepreneurs you have that i know that exists i can see it in you you have the ability you just don't have the capital gains you don't have the access you know but that's because someone else is irresponsible that may be a millennial doesn't make you irresponsible yeah Yeah. you know so i want to i'm gonna i I talked to this one millennial that really broke it down to me and actually she you know i'm gonna hire her uh, and I'm, I'm going to have her give me a series of 280 characters mm-hmm. and I want to start tweeting 
everything, her perspective of what it is being a millennial that's educated <laughs> and still <laughs> struggling to find a job <clears throat> and almost 30. Yeah. It, that's, it, it's that's hard true. because, it's like, hard. I just recently, like, I turned 30 last year and I'm very blessed to have the career that I have because I know a lot of people when that are my age, like they're 30, 31, 32, and they have one, two, three degrees or masters and they can't find a job. And it's, it's mind blowing. And the career that I'm in, like I have a degree in marketing and business, uh, small business development, but I work in IT and I kind of stumbled into that field because someone was like, yo, you're really smart with computers and this, this and that. So why don't you try this? And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do it. It, it beat doing retail and, and working with, you know, tech companies and seeing the BS that they had. And so I got the job at the hospital I work for now. And I've been there for almost four years now. You know, I'm doing, I, I'm the first, it's kind of, it's kind of funny because I'm the first, I'm the first black uh, systems analyst for telephony in Hawaii. <laughs> and I'm the first uh, telephony analyst for that hospital. So, so it's, so yeah. And, you know, it, I do that. And then I do, you know, my, my tech, I work with tech companies and stuff on the side independently. I do reviews and I market and work with companies. And, you know, one of the things that I've tried to do with people I know and with people that, <clears throat> you know, are interested in getting into entrepreneurship because I'm doing that while having a career because my career is my safety net for now. But I tell people like you can work and have a career and also do something you love and you're passionate about. Yeah. You're going to have sleepless nights. You're going to have, yeah, I always tell people you can monetize your passion. It's never yeah. work. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm trying to show people like, if you want to get into the field of what I'm doing, I'll show you, I'll teach you, I'll take you under my wing. I actually, University of Hawaii actually reached out to me this week asking me if I would be interested in uh, doing a series of lectures in this coming semester teaching their um, business and game development. Uh, well, my kid is that you may have to introduce my son soon because uh, he's got a job at E3. He's at Full Sail University right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he's wow. all about coding right now. He says he's loving it. It's hard, but he's loving it. Yeah. He's loving it. So. And he's very uh, outgoing guy, so he should be fine. You know, he's he's not one of those guys. He's very likable. You know, he's very very likable. So he's he's been making these moves, having a good time at Full Sail University so far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Takes about what twenty four months to get your undergrad, another twenty four months to you have your masters. Yeah. yeah, they go to school like rigorous schedule, man. They don't they don't play, man. Yeah, he's down there in Orlando kicking butt. <laughs> proud of him. Proud of him. So and I and I told them, you know, I'm not raising you guys. Uh, I'm not raising you guys to be employees. I'm raising yeah. you guys to be CEOs. Yeah, that's where is that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't. You know, if you end up being employed by somebody, that's on you. Yeah, but you wasn't wasn't raised to be nothing against being an employee. Yeah, but my goal for you and and. and is to own your own shit. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, it, it feels much better that way. It's a lot of work, yeah. but it's yours. And it, it may not last forever. Then again, it may be Microsoft. It may be Apple. It may be Google. It may be Amazon. Who knows? Yeah. But it's yours. Yeah. You know? And so far, so good. Yeah. Hey, man. Anything else? Oh, I want to ask you about your podcast. Did you Your podcast, I saw it. It's got five-star ratings across the board. And uh, for people who are wondering the name of it, it's uh, Isaiah Washington Speaks Again. And I wanted to ask you, like, how did you get into podcasting? Because it's, it's just, it's uh, I feel like it's an untapped market, but it's rapidly growing. Yeah, I got into it because uh, there was a guy, uh, my producer, uh, we slowed it down because it wasn't, it just wasn't making, it wasn't becoming profitable for for him mm-hmm. uh, as my producer. He had to go focus on some other, other things because he's one of the, the few African-American podcasters that owns his own company in that base. So, you know, my thing is I got busy with some other things. I think that I got enough episodes out there that could introduce people to me when I was younger in the military. It's entertaining. Uh, but when I'm less busy on my new TV show and the number of things and walk away and all these other things that are taking up my energy, I'm going to go back to it. Uh, and just because I'm still on the, my podcast, it's going to be like my own living, listening autobiography of my life so when i go back to it i'm still 19 years old i think i you know i haven't even turned 20 yet (laughs) podcast i'll you know see it's you know podcast with the way i'm telling my story it's like a song yeah you can listen to it over and over again it's not going to change i'm not i'm not stuck in current events yeah i'm not under the pressure of got to talk about the hot topics Got to talk about the latest hot actor that's in, on, on, in Fox News named Isaiah Washington. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have that pressure of trying to be, be interesting in the now. I'm telling my life story, uh, which people said was very interesting. So I started to do it. And uh, I'll get back to it. And, but I need to figure out a marketing strategy. So I, I do I want to drive it to the point where it's making you know some revenue. Yeah. I just don't know how to do that yet. Oh, marketing, how, how to do that. And I haven't, to be honest with you, I haven't even had time yeah. <laughs> to, to figure it out. But the fact that it's still there and I'm, I still have so much more to offer and talk about on it, uh, I would love to go back and, and find the time with a producer. I really like working with him. But, you know, you know, we need to, it, it needs to be, it needs to make money. Yeah. You know, in, in the podcast world, <clears throat> it's not, it's so much out there. Yeah. So many podcasts out there. Uh, I just need to figure out how to take it and, and get more listeners. Um, to it, I don't know how to do that yet. Yeah, it's that's definitely a struggle, like getting yeah. out to the audience and whatnot. And I, I'm still learning. I've been podcasting for I want to say like a year and a half. Uh, I started what uh, December 2017. I've been going since then, but it's uh, it, it's it's a learning process. If I find out anything more, I'll, I'll definitely share it yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> Google me on the haystack, but I got the contact it's out there on iTunes, Google. It's out there on Spotify. I go back and look at the, the analytics. So people still, I guess, the more I tweet or the more I get in the news, somehow they start googling me and, and they, pop, <laughs> they come, they come around it, you know, and then discover it, and then they hit me on Twitter. And go, oh my God, this needs to be the blah 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 blah. This needs to be red talk table. This needs to be and like, well, it. If it needs to be that, then it will speak it into existence. Um, but, the, but right now, it's still 
make an impact. Uh, and I haven't been promoting it, mm-hmm. uh, tweeting about it or Facebooking it. Uh, I, I kind of like that. I, I always kind of wanted it to become a guilty pleasure for people, mm-hmm. uh, underground kind of thing. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, didn't want to just blow up like the barbershop with LeBron James, you know, because that's, it brings so much attention to it. And then you got to keep besting yourself. Yeah. I always wanted uh, my podcast to be a sleeper hit. Yeah. You know, people to be pissed off that it's been out there this long and they didn't know about it. <laughs> and more, you know, I wanted to become a groundswell where it's like, oh, come on, man, when are you going to get back in the studio? Come on, don't do this to us. Give us more, give us more. It's not there yet, you know, but I think in terms of me just living my authentic life, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll push me back into that space. And, it, and it'll, it'll, you know, I mean, you're talking about it. Yeah. I didn't even know you were aware of it. So. <laughs> I didn't even know that that would be a part of a conversation today. <laughs> hey. hey. All right. Uh, so uh, one of my last questions is uh, what advice would you give to, you know, fans in the audience here that uh, would love to either get into acting, directing or, you know, being active in the community to make changes in the way that you are? Like what advice? I know it's a loaded question, but it's tough. People ask me that question these days and because of social media and YouTube and all the different avenues, you can make yourself special. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can put yourself worth out there. And, and just how it's a buyer's market. So new actors are just not getting paid yeah. money. I mean, when I was getting paid, when I, I started off as a guest star on television, it's, a, it's long gone. You know, They just don't pay. And yeah. that has to change because, again, the corporations are abusing their power. Yeah. Um, they're figuring out, well, where is she going to go? Yeah. And if this guy or girl doesn't take it, someone else will. I don't know how that's going to change. I don't know how that's going to be busted up. It's been busted up before, but again, when things are struck, you know, there's economic violence in the country, in the world, people tend to, to spend less. Yeah. They hold on to money. Yeah. Well, uh, well, all right. I got, uh, I lied. I actually have one last question for you. <laughs> yeah. Did you, you have completely like, Pixelated. You look like you look like a a mosaic of yourself. <laughs> oh, I'll man. take I'll take a picture of this. I'm gonna take a picture of this and send this to you. Like, <laughs> this looks like I don't even know what this is. This is the craziest Whoa, ish I've ever going? seen. <laughs> it's really interesting. Though. I, I see it too. I don't know why it's doing that. It's like I don't even know what that is. It looks like food. It's like an old VHS tape that's damaged. <laughs> I don't really know what that is, man. Oh, damn. Just before I got my camera. <laughs> well, the last the last real question I had was, did you have fun? Oh, here? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I got some takeaways. You're a millennial, uh, which makes uh, it proves my 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 theory that all millennials are not lazy, all millennials are not angry, all millennials are not out there just not wanting to listen to old heads like me or have respect for old heads like me. Uh, so now just what this conversation has done, uh, it's just invigorated me to see how much more I can be of service uh, to that conversation and give a voice to it. Um, because yeah, I was in my 30s and I was confused. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but 
I decided to become an actor at 23. Mm-hmm. But I had already been in the military and already been working in the private sector. So I had a midlife crisis at 23. So I can imagine the awkwardness and the stress and the concern when now you're pushing 30. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? You know, family, whatever. You, you, you're trying to figure things out in life. So whatever I can do to kind of give back to that, that conversation, I'm, I'm here for it. And, you know, and I, tr- I try to tell other people around my age and, you know, the younger generation coming up that no matter the obstacle, everything that comes at you, you can still, no matter what, you can overcome with hard work and dedication. Always. You know, I, I'm 30 and I bought my first house, you know, in, in Hawaii. People are like, you can't afford a house in Hawaii. Bought a house. And it's it's nice area. It's big. You know, when I was 26, I had colorectal cancer. I beat it in two years, and awesome. I'm just, you know, I, I tell people, never how give you, up. How did you discover you had that cancer? How, was, how did you know? Um, I started having a lot of abdominal pain, and then, oh, wow. you know, it was something that my, my dad actually had went through it uh, 10 years ago, twice, well, well mm-hmm. 15 years ago, and then uh, a little three, four years after that, he had it again. And then my older bro, my brother closest to me, because I'm the youngest of, of five, but the brother that's closest to me in age, he's like five, six years older, he got it. And then I started having pains, and then I, I told my dad, and my dad's like, go get checked. It could be that. And then that's when I found out what it was. And then I went through the treatment, the chemo, the all that, and... <laughs> It did a number. Like it, it yeah, genetic, but something they said anything you can uh, you can uh, stave off or people and prevent it with holistic approach, or is it just genetic? Sounds like it's genetic. It, it's I believe it's genetic. It's probably genetic. So, but okay. yeah. Well, you know, like I said, I'm all about Dr. Civic. Yeah, know? I'm all about that. So, if there's anything that we need to kill off, there's an herb for it. Yeah, I really. That's already grown on this planet, and that's how we need to get back to the old ways. Yeah, you know, we've gotten so far from the old ways yeah. you know, that it's, we're killing ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally. I, I know, feel like get back to the- if we, if I'm able to get you back on, we could definitely dive into Doctor Sebi because that's that's a that's a, that's something I think more people need to know about him and his work, and a lot of people just aren't aware of it. It's funny, we're in a day and age with all this access to information, and so many people don't know a lot of things. It's It blows my mind. Well, like I said, you know, a lot of people are still ambitious. Yeah. They still want to be a part of the dream. Mm-hmm. So, I guess someone that is uh, on the outskirts of what that dream America is selling you, then you're not going to support it. Yeah. But that's the trick. You know, I put a tweet out there the other day. It says, like, uh, if someone says, Isaiah Washington, oh, no, you want to stay far away from that guy. Well, if they're saying that to you without having to know me, without having to Google me, they don't know me. They don't know what they're talking about. They're just another talking parrot. Yeah. They're talking shit, so to speak. They don't know why they're saying what they're saying. And if you ask them, have you spoken to him? Have you met him? No. I just read what I've read on the internet, what I've heard. That is so that's so not free thinking. That is, you're, you're a zombie yeah. at that point. Yeah. When you, it's not just me, but when you respond to stimuli like that, when you know you have no evidence and no facts, you're just told to dislike something. You're just told because. 
that's 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 part of socialism. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. Take your guns, take your mind, kill you. Yeah. And they, and and they don't realize they're willingly doing that. They're walking to their own demise. Yeah. But. Yeah. Kind of like sheep, you know, sheep being fed. They don't know they're getting ready to get slaughtered. <laughs> they have no idea. They're looking at the guy. Oh, he's going to feed us. He's going to. Yeah, but he doesn't know he's fattening you up to kill you. Yeah. They have no idea. But that's maybe an extreme analogy, but that's kind of where the deadening of the mind has gone. Yeah. In, in, a, in, a, in a large poor part of our society and the television is very much a part of making keeping that happen the radio the frequency social media is keeping people dumbed down man yeah keeping them distracted you know and you know get more excited about cardi b oh. and make video like we should give a f like that's the first celebrity we've seen talking crazy madonna did this in the 80s yeah erica Badu walked naked in dallas and got a ticket i mean this is not new. It's different variation of the same theme. <laughs> <laughs> not new. You know, I survived. You know the shock. Uh, people that was shocking. Dennis Rodman putting on a wedding dress. You know, at the height of his career, everybody was like, "What was he gay? Is he straight? Is he what the fuck? He's got on a wedding dress and all these earrings and his lips and no." It was so crazy that people just love to watch. Yeah. And want to see if it would become a train wreck or not. It's just people strategically vying for attention that hopefully will turn into some form of, of uh, capital gain, some yeah. kind of way. I'm not sure how, but, uh, you know, a lot of people seem to manage. Like, I remember Lady Gaga. She was always out. Just the craziest stuff. But, now she's not even doing all that crazy stuff. Showing up in uh, dresses made out of meat. <laughs> all this stuff. But, but now, who doesn't know lady, who Lady Gaga is? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It takes a lot of work. It's not for the faint of heart to be out there like that. You know, Perez Hilton did it. Crazy. I mean, I feel like his whole career was built off of my back. You know what I mean? <laughs> And talking about how he's for the gay community and still using the F word himself every chance he got. So people are starting to see this level of hypocrisy, too. Yeah. You don't see it with me. After all this time, they haven't heard about any incidents, any drama with me other than what the the, 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 the media decides to do to take me out of context. You know this. Yeah. If I say something about adapt and Chris Rock, oh, he wants, oh, oh he said, want people to adapt. Well, that's what you got to do now. You are actually, actually going to adapt. Yeah. You got to figure out, as a millennial, I got to adapt. It's not working at Apple. It's not working at Microsoft. So I got to adapt. That's yeah. all adapt means is I got to go a different direction. Walk away. It's all about adapting. Yeah. So, but now people are using the word on, on the low. I've been trying to take my head off three years ago, four years ago, about using the word on Twitter. You know, <laughs> or I said, well, you're going to wear weaves and you feel so bad about it, about your investment and more of it and find a way you can own the weaves. Oh, Wendy Williams took that out of context. Oh, he's, he's attacking you know, everybody with weaves. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, how can you monetize it? If you're going to spend that amount of time, you got to have it. You need it. You're not going to get in a pool. You're going to make all these sacrifices. How can you have ownership in it? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And if it's causing so much pain, then we got to find out how to monetize that pain, turn that pain into power. Yeah. That's what I was Totally taken out of context. 
So here it is now. I said something about 44 and 45. Taken out of context. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm the poster boy for me, if, to be taken out of context. <laughs> and that's the narrative. That's the narrative. And none of it is true. Most of the things I'm saying is the truth. You just want to take it out of context and make it look like something that's really horrible. It's not. So keep taking me out of context, but I'm not going to stop until the Democrats are gone. <laughs> Attack me for the last time in your liberal media. No, I can understand why. And the golden, I get it. Made a mistake, but I told the truth. But even, I get it. I get it. But I wasn't fired. The man that was forced to, to, to let me go, I worked for him for four years at the CW Network, Mark Pedos. And we laugh a lot, you know? So what people don't know and what they should know are two different things. Yeah. And a lot of people don't want to know the truth. The lie is more fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I, can, I can wallow in my emotions. I can go, look at that asshole. Oh, he fucking up. Blah, 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 blah. No, I'm not. Um, I'm, I, I live well. That's what I'm saying. You know, I don't like. I'm gonna get off of this with you and go smoke me a really nice Camacho cigar. <laughs> really cool food. Ain't nobody knocking on my door talking about open up ATF. <laughs> you know, Pit bulls and rock bottles to protect my investments. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a hey man, life is good. I don't know what you heard, <laughs> but I'm here talking to you. <laughs> it's all good, man. But hey, man, congratulations, man. Um, I'm proud of you. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, congratulating you on, on, on back from your personal health. Uh, try to find some other holistic ways to putting more things in your body. I, I have a good colon therapist. I make sure I go get my, my colon therapy on. So colon is a thing that you got to take care of. And yeah. I try to watch what I eat. I do drink, you know, bourbon here and there. I do smoke cigars. I do the best I can. Uh, I do have my vices, but I do other things too to put, make sure, you know, you are what you eat. Yeah. You are what you eat. And you are what you're reading and looking at and thinking. Yeah. So we got to get better about uh, self-care. Self-care is important. Have a good one, man. I'm out. Did you enjoy this episode of the Casting of a Podcast? Well, I hope you did. And if you did, please make sure you like, share, comment, and subscribe. And let us know what we can improve upon, what you liked, what you didn't like, and all that good stuff. And just make sure you always have a good time. That being said, this is your boy, Mikael Casting my wife's favorite YouTuber. I am signing out, and I'll catch you on the next episode.